The most valuable advice I've ever received was from Laurent on that day when she explained to me that the biggest issue is in making a decision to do something, and thereafter the details take their rightful place and significance. Make your decisions and get busy. Now that you're here, we're all in the company of your cool aunts. I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And this is the Your Cool Aunts podcast, where we follow the lives and times of cool aunts through Claire's diary. So welcome back. And if you're new here, you can also join the conversation in our Facebook group. There's more on our website and Twitter and Instagram too. So follow us, like us, subscribe, and now let's get to it. We are at, what is this, the fifth one? The fifth one, yes. Yeah. Moving right along. So I'm really anxious to see us, where Claire is taking us to today. Yeah, I have a note here. She's bounced around a little bit on the uh, timeline of life. Mm-hmm. I've got her note. And of course, she starts off with nieces, aunts, and friends. Hi, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> it appears as though this was a little, little bit of a difficult time in her life. And she tells us she was a sophomore in college. She says, only now when I look back, can I see that I was not the only one uh-huh, who at the early age of about 17, had no answer to that painful question, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> Which reminds me of when you see people you haven't seen in a while or haven't seen you oh, since that, you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. And they say, oh my God, you've grown. And the next yeah. question is, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do for the rest yeah. of your life? Oh, you grew a foot and what are you going to like? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> it's kind thanks of a lot. And she says she felt very much alone, lost, and only to repeat the exact same feelings again in my, she says here, in my sophomore year of college. You know, at that point when you're navigating around and everybody else seems very focused, yes. you know, they're just and talking I'm a lot. Alone. It's a lot of trash no talk, frankly. what I'm going to do. You're about to get out of high school. And at this point, everybody was going, oh, I'm going to the University of Hawaii, you know, and they're all going to work on their tan somewhere or whatever. And yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of talk before they're up and about and about Which what makes they're you feel do. very insecure. Because yeah. how can they be so together that they would know what they want to do and where they want to go to school? And here you are struggling. Yeah. And but- long gone are the days of, you know, you're just going to go to college and be, you know, a humanities major or an English major, you know? Yeah. It's got to be more specific. It's like, what job is this major going to get you? And it's more job training than educa- higher education. Right. She says, everyone seemed to have a big plan. Everyone had found, and then she writes in parentheses, or was given, a little edgy there, an amazing internship to occupy their upcoming summers and thereafter, and she puts in air quotes around this, qualify them for their first job. Yeah, qualify. You sat around getting coffee for people for a summer and- which let me add, let me let me just say something about that. I remember when high school, late high school and early college, you know, that that was the opportunity to get a job at the local grocery store or at the camp, be a camp counselor, and you just got a job. It was just something to, uh, you know, your first step into becoming an adult. Yeah, they were just local. They were jobs. Sort of they were normal little jobs. That- right, and now it seems that we've progressed. I don't want to say the word progressed, but it seems as though we have transitioned into the first job that you get in high school, your first summer job is going to propel you on this road 
to getting your eventual yeah. job. And that's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on people. Yeah, yeah it really That at is. 17 yeah. or 18, I'm, I'm in the path and I'm on the trajectory and I'm going to have the They're high school kids. Why are we burdening them with the, which, and it I know they're- should be fun, you look, know? I know there are kids who are very directed about these things and they have a passion for something very early in their lives. And sometimes it's a family thing, you know, like a bunch of doctors or a bunch of whatever. It's, and even that negates you know, a child's ability to explore other opportunities yeah, yeah. because you're expected that you're going to take on well, the family There's a lot business. of people who have been, you know, sort of directed into a certain... Claire continues and she says, she says here, I was very confused. I was lucky to have my cool aunt's guidance. So she didn't want to and she tells us she finally reaches out to Laurent. So uh, this story is about that time. So she's lost. She's in school. She's lost. She's a sophomore in college. Doesn't have any idea of an internship. She's not connected in any special way to something. But isn't she lucky that she's got this resource she can go to? Yeah, there's one more. She added She added something to her note here, and she, she puts a little asterisk, and she says, In hindsight or to the listener, my unlikely career story seems to all fit now, as if it was always a clear path. In the first person, in real time, it was anything underlined, but straightforward or clear or purposeful in the beginning. Is that the hindsight thing? Yeah. The, <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. That would be that. Yeah. Amazing hindsight vision. Hmm. You can see through walls with that. <laughs> it's interesting she puts it in as a postscript to her initial yeah. Her initial note. Yeah, she reads these and adds, and she writes a note, and then says, well, it helps us. It helps us to understand. One more thing. Yeah. It helps us understand. So let's, what else does she say in the note? And then we're ready for the diary. Oh, great. Okay. Yep, that's it. We hit everything in our note, right? Oh, wait a second. It's especially worthwhile revisiting these family feelings, she says, not for the pain, but for the perspective and understanding. Cool aunts are especially adept at finding their way without maps. Hmm. I wonder what she means by that. Finding your way without a map. What you know what? That's a willingness that? to turn down a street not knowing where it's going to take you. It's a traveler versus a, yep. <laughs> a guided tour. Yeah. A yep. guided yep. tour versus a real traveler. Exactly. You've always defined it that way. Yeah. All right, then. Here we go. Into the diary, which this one she entitles A Friend with a Vineyard in Champagne. My first semester away at college was fairly uneventful. I was happy to exceed my own low academic expectations. Hang on a second. Didn't she graduate from junior high school with honors or something? Yes. Yeah, she did. okay, Claire. Way back when. And happier still to know my way around parts of the city. I was a suburban kid dropped off by her mother at the Amtrak station in Boston, who arrived four or more likely six hours later at Penn Station, hoping to pass herself off as a New Yorker. I've been on that train. So have I. Uh, yeah, many times. And that's true. It's close. <laughs> it's close. But I think, I think there's something interesting about that opening statement that her mother dropped her off. Now, does is she saying dropped her off for the first day of school or no. as she begins college? Where is she? She's At what point is she in school when her mother drops her off? No, she's just she's just referring back generally. Oh, I this thought she was like, saying this she's was not her recounting first her first day. Oh. My mother drops me off. I take the train to the city. I go to school there, and okay. we already know that she's she went to school in New York because she shared that with Angelica, right? Yes. So she's going to make her way on the Amtrak from Boston to New York, back and forth. Yeah, that's good. That's far enough away, but you know, close enough too. 
So she rolls into Penn Station. She's hoping to, you know, blend in. <laughs> she's always trying to. Eventually, I thought I had learned to slip from one role to another seamlessly, or so I thought. After the new year, reinstalled in my dorm room two days before the start of the second semester, I resolved to be more efficient at everything from laundry and taking notes to job hunting, etc. Don't we all? I was going to say, it's that New Year's resolution. Get some thing. new pens. You get some new, new notebooks. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to keep nice notes. I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm going to get up the library early. twice gonna... a week. <laughs> the monster task that awaited my return was finding an internship. Oh, God, here's where it gets ugly. My tool of choice was an oversized wall calendar to prompt and comfort me on a daily basis. Secondly, the answer to my guidepost question, what would Laurent do? That's a classic. Yeah. Okay. She should have a t-shirt. I know. WWLD. Merch. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> what would Laurent do was usually helpful, but not this time. I don't know where to start. I didn't know where to start. Excuse me. Uh, I had no ideas. I made lists and lists of lists and on and on. I was an English literature major who speaks French with a few too many side interests. Boy, that's familiar. Feeling a little scattered. <laughs> I had already spent so much time at the university's so-called resource center with nothing to show except slightly improved research skills. You know, I have to say that university research, resource, research, job, all those things, you walk in, you shoot me. You know, everybody turns into Willie Loman at that point. Now they probably just tell it's you like, it's a website. Oh, Go to the website. Yeah, yeah, that's not... Hang on a second, I lost my space. There was nothing to show but improved research skills. I was caught in the quagmire of looking for an internship, where to start, what to look for, were the seeds of my anxiety and inaction. It seemed to me as though it was the only thing people were thinking or talking about. It was constant. And to make matters just a bit more painful, the issue of paid versus unpaid internships haunted me too. I wanted to solve this problem on my own until I didn't or I couldn't. If only I had a map, but first I needed to know in what direction I was headed. What would Laurent do? I have a few comments. Paid versus unpaid. This is so unfair. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can afford to be away from home, so you've got living expenses, which can be huge. In if you summer. have an internship in New York City, and, you know, these kids are, you know, they stack themselves up like cordwood in these apartments. They have schedules for Sleep sleeping. schedules, yep. You know, okay, you can have this corner <laughs> between. It's terrible. And it, well, and the other thing that's unfair are the people who have to work to make some money over the summer to help, you know, move on to the next semester, be it for books or whatever they, they save up for. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really at a disadvantage because they can't get these internships because most many of them are unpaid. Hopefully it's that will change. a new level of exclusion. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Okay, she doesn't know in what direction to turn. She, she doesn't even know where to start. My sense of it is Claire doesn't want people to solve her problems. She just needs a compass direction, you know, where, where to begin. So she goes on. My choice to go to school in New York City was heavily weighted by Laurent's presence there. No kidding. I thought, <laughs> sorry for the comment. I thought of her place as my backup, my home away from home when I needed it. I resisted running to her every time I was lonely or down. At first, I learned to navigate the city with my roommates in tow, relying on comfort in numbers. Isn't that always true? They go out in little packs. packs yeah, you always packs see them roam around the city like a, a pack, especially, especially young women. 
you know, there's five or six well, of them. Well, safety in numbers, right? And they're, you know, they're usually laughing because they got on the train going in the wrong direction. <laughs> or didn't know how to buy a metro card. Yeah. How do I do this? But my love of the city's farmer's markets, especially on early weekend mornings, was not a shared one with them. And as a result, I grew more confident moving around the city alone. My roommate suspected that I might be a closeted farmer or a frustrated <laughs> chef because I usually returned empty-handed. So she goes out and roams around in these markets on early weekends. She's very probably the safest time to be out in the city, as long as you're not too, too early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the remnants of last night yeah, could be still true. out there, right? Yeah. I especially love, she continues, I especially love meeting Laurent at the markets because it was so completely removed from everything about school. Well, yeah. With my senses filled with the tastes and sounds of the place, it wasn't hard to prompt Laurent into storytelling. But if the weather was too difficult, we tucked into a corner table at the one French cafe slash bistro that was open early, and it happened to be at the midpoint between her place and my dorm. We sat through their lunch service more than once. Hmm. So clearly, Tell Claire loves just hearing Laurent with her. Yeah. tell stories. She says it's easy to prompt her into a story. I can see, you know, as the seasons roll by and you get to school and the weather's gorgeous, it's still a little taste of summer for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it isn't. And the autumn is but Short. a blink. Yeah. You know, then, the, then the tougher weather comes and I, you know, and that pushes them to connect at this place. I think she meets Laurent more often than, <laughs> than she she's admitting yeah, here. Probably. Uh, um, well, when Laurent's in town, right? She tra- We know she travels a lot, so maybe it's not every weekend. But so, it is nice to have that other life outside of school and outside of her friends at school and all that stuff, you know, to have a respite, so to speak, to be with her aunt. Yeah. She entitles the next section, asking for help. Admittedly, I felt embarrassed by the time I finally reached out to her, meaning Laurent. I sent a text message asking her to meet me in the morning. Her response was, it'll be raining again tomorrow, so seven the cafe. They've done this a few times, yes. clearly. <laughs> Laurent has a way of understanding circumstances and people. Sometimes she seems to know a story before it is told. She never asks me why I want to see her. She trusts people in her life to not waste her time when a call or a text message will do. And it's amazing to me that everyone seems to abide by Laurent's standards when dealing with her. They're never late, they have organized their thoughts before speaking with her, and they do not linger too long either. Family, friend, or business associate, they respect her. She is a cool aunt. Boy, that that's a great description. Wouldn't you love I to have somebody say that about you? Yeah, I think what's interesting, though, is Laurent is no-nonsense. Yeah. You know, she's very helpful and very loving and very willing to do, whether I guess it's a professional or, or a that personal That indicates to me, too, a certain kind of presence. Yes, no nonsense is, is exactly the right descriptor. She has a presence. A presence, yeah. yeah. There's something about her. She's a cool aunt. <laughs> I did not expect, and she did not offer any solutions per se. Instead, she had an idea that would take some time and effort, but I was generally interested. There would be a lot of moving parts to coordinate and make this idea happen, but as far as Laurent was concerned, none of the, quote, air quote, difficulties were insurmountable, if and only if I really wanted it to happen. Okay. She offered the idea with a caveat, and she quotes Laurent here, and she says, you must believe in it to make it happen. I can help you a bit with an introduction. I have a friend with a small vineyard. 
And she ends the quote. Okay, now we know the title of this is A Friend with a Vineyard, right? And that is where and when I took my first step toward building my career in the business of wine. Hmm. Interesting. So from Laurent saying, you know, I have a friend with a vineyard and what are you going <laughs> to like? Okay. Hmm. The vineyards in France, right? Yeah. I was going to say, is it a vineyard (laughs) on Long Island or is it a Where is this a vineyard? Where is this vineyard? So many stories begin with Laurent had a friend. This particular friend owned a family vineyard in a nearly hidden village in the Champagne region. Part one of the internship plan was for me to stay with the Grenot family and work at their vineyard in exchange for room and board. Once I'd learned the basics of Champagne production, I could apply for work as an English-French-speaking tour guide in one of the big champagne houses in nearby Rims or Epernay. Now, we know a little bit about this from their discussion, from her discussion with Angelica, right? Yes. Again, the logistics were of no moment to Laurent. And she quotes her, You will figure these details out when you need to, but first things first, don't let the minor defeat the major. Boy, if that's not the best advice in the world, right? Don't let the minor defeat the major. You have an idea and then you go, oh, what if and but and but, and then the buts take over the... uh." I think it goes along with that idea of that today is what you have to work with. You know, life is a number of todays. Yep. And today gives you this opportunity. You can only work on one piece of it today. Instead of trying to think of everything that could possibly happen in the future. And I think that's, you know, that's what Laurent gives her is this context of don't become overwhelmed by the difficulty of getting this done. Exactly. Or achieving this goal. Yeah. It's funny because she wraps up this paragraph with another one. You know, she tends to do this. She wraps up a paragraph with a little bit of a punch here. And she says, the most valuable advice I've ever received was from Laurent on that day when she explained to me that, she quotes her, the biggest issue is in making a decision to do something. And thereafter, the details take their rightful place and significant. Make your decisions and get busy. I say this to a certain someone all the time about before you jump over the fence, you got to think about the other side. That's because you were a horsewoman. (laughs) Oh, that kind of a friend. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's true, right? Get you know, there so first you, you have there. to say, I'm going to do this thing. You know, then your body or whatever it is gets in line, whatever you need to make that happen. You got to think it before you can make any part of it happen. So it's great advice to pass along to cool Well, I think, making, I think right? a lot of times people wonder, how did you do? How did you get here? As though, you know, you... How did you get you this? Clicked you clicked know? your heels three yeah. times and, you know, you were there. I and had an idea. I worked on it. And, it's a lot know. of work that gets you to a certain point. And well, it's the next paragraph is, hold, hang on to that okay, thought I'll for a second. So she entitles the next section. First, I made the decision to go to France and then it happened exactly what we're talking about here. Okay. She continues. By the time spring break rolled around... I had conquered most of the details I needed to announce my internship plan. By this time, when my mother picked me up at Amtrak, I was myself, a young woman whose determination had taken hold. Everything I did or thought about over the next few months revolved, I think she means over the last few months, revolved around my summer internship plans. I pulled together small jobs. I built websites for the University Research Center. Everything for my, and she puts in air quotes, my France wallet. 
When I started to dream about my future, doubts faded and I was on my way before departure. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I believed in the idea, but the process of making that idea into my reality was thrilling. My roommate stopped calling me a frustrated farmer. <laughs> she had a purpose. Yeah. How exciting. That's very exciting. You know, I think that's, you know, she was so troubled earlier in this year in school. You know, she didn't have a direction of a purpose. Well, I think that becomes what you wallow in. And that's the part that makes you or disables you from being able to think about what the options are. And I think Laurent... It's like turning the lights off in a room. You don't know where anything is. And it's like, what? And I think what Laurent offers her is at least to be able to focus in on okay, you need to do something. Here's an option, going to France and staying at the Grenoes and eventually getting this job. But I think that helps the clarity, that helps her get to clarity. Because when you're, when you're full of doubt and frustrated about what's going to happen, you can't see, it's what you just said a minute ago, you've got to anticipate yeah, the yeah, jump yeah. on that yeah, horse no, I'm just going back there. a page in the diary here and she's, the difference in her tone from when she starts this to the end you know, she's just thrilled. She's excited. You know, she, her head is in the future and now her body is going to follow her there. It's much like, you know, my little metaphor about jumping over the fence. You got to think about the other side before you can, you know, set things in motion. So she thought about it. She planned, she worked, she, but. And she but, didn't have a map when she first started. Exactly. She didn't have yes. a map. And yes. now she has a map, right? This thought process has culminated in creating this map. Where's she going? What's she going to do? How's she going to get a job when she gets there? It's all part I think, of the same thing. I think one of the other really interesting things she said, and it's just a small thing here. She said, when my mother picked me up, I was myself. Earlier, she said, you know, she would switch from these persona, you know, her home self and her pretend New Yorker self, right? And when you get well, comfortable and confident, you can just be yourself. You don't have to. Well, like, that's the blending in part, too, because she yeah. says that a couple of times. I yeah. just want to blend in so nobody sees me. And now she's saying, hmm, I, I'm myself. So, so she's not just blending in. She is becoming who she is or who she wants to be. Well, there's safety in being in the background. There's no risk of nobody some, sees you of somebody <laughs> criticizing you for who you are. So you don't take that out. You just like fade into the back of the classroom or crowd or wherever it is. So you never run a risk of being noticed. Yeah. So she's become in, from invisibility to visibility. I think is what she's when she says when my mother picked mm-hmm. me up, I had purpose. So she becomes visible. A little, herself, a little side note here. A little. Um, this is just a series of side notes for me. The notion of fading into the background, I think, has haunted young women in the classroom, particularly in the college level and beyond forever since we've been in, that, in those roles. And I think that's one of, one of the classic cool aunt advisories would be find a way to be yourself sooner. Toughen your skin up a little bit, you because know, you know what people are going to criticize you no matter how great you are or how invisible you are. So take a chance and raise your hand. You don't have to be a thousand percent sure it's the right answer. Yeah, maybe maybe the answer is not perfect, but do. But it. it's an answer. Yeah. Versus yeah. being out there in the hinterland saying. Yeah, most I, I don't most know. young women will sit in the back and they won't they won't in the environment where, you know, there's an exchange in a classroom and it's a mixed environment with men and women and the guys will just, they don't even raise their hand. Sometimes they'll just shoot off an answer and the women are there and they've done their work. 
many of them, well, not all of them, and they've done their work and they're going to answer when they know they can nail it. Well, you know? that's that looking for perfection. Right. And I think, I think what this particular story is, is telling us is, you know, sometimes it's not the, it's not the perfection that matters. It's the effort. It's the figuring it out. Part. Well, there's a process. Yeah, it's, you're, a you're process in process. You're in school. You're learning. Of course, you're not going to have perfect answers. But anyway, the cool in the Coolant Directory of Advice. <laughs> this be, week's advice is: yeah. <laughs> We have wrapped up yet another diary entry from Claire with a pretty significant piece of her life. We know she's, we already knew she's in the wine and spirits business as she talked about with Angelica probably in the second, the second round. She's, she's now spinning us through how she got into the business and this is where it started. I can't wait to but learn about- But it's more than that because she's also, excuse me, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's more than that because I think what she's telling us is you've got to take a stand. You've got to Stand up, do it. Do it. Yeah. You've got to point yourself Make in a, decision, a direction. And then it may get not busy. be the most perfect direction, but it's a direction. Exactly. And that's why she has a cool on. So um, why don't we keep this conversation going in our Facebook group and call upon all of you to, come on, share your thoughts and stories about your cool aunts. When did you figure out your map? <laughs> How did you, did you get have into a map? your whatever it your is map. you're doing now? All right. Anyway, so that's it. I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And we'll see you next week when, when we're, we're back, back at, at the, the mic. mic.